D'Amico Ryans needs a swarm type of defensive player. That is how he wants to run his defense. And the possibility of Houston drafting Will Anderson is a real thought. Cody and I will discuss why that is a good or bad decision. And to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what it, that's what it'll be about. You are locked on Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Sunday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you guys for checking us out today. Make sure you are following the Locked On Texan Podcast on all of the major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Megaphone, and Spotify. Also, subscribe to the Locked On Texan Podcast on YouTube as well. I'm joining in today. You know, welcome back to Houston, Cody Davis. Mm, yes, sir. Sports Illustrator's own uh, extra credential media member, Cody Davis. And we had to look at Nick Casario's offseason so far. I want to go ahead and give it a grade and discuss our favorite signings. However, this past weekend, this past week, actually, Alabama, the pro day, of course, all eyes were on two players. You know, you look at Bryce Young, potential first quarterback off the board. <clears throat> and right, right by him, Will Anderson, who could potentially be the first defensive player off the board. I think it's safe to say that he'd be the first defensive player off the board. And when you talk to, you know, both of these guys, there's a stuff Houston can take either one of them. We all know that Houston needs a quarterback. Right, it's undoubtedly one of the main one of the main things they have to take care of this offseason. Brought in Case Keenum to be a backup, maybe still just on the roster. EJ Perry is also on the roster for Houston, but none of those quarterbacks you expect to be the starting quarterback for the 2023 season, and you don't expect for those quarterbacks to be your future answer. So you look at Bryce Young, of course, you look at CJ Stroud, but Will Anderson is a potential fit for the Houston Texans at number two overall. When D'Amico Ryans was hired, he mentioned the type of defense that he wants to run, and that defense was a swarm defense, right? Special work ethic and relentless mindset. That's the type of defense he wants to run. We look at some of the offseason signings, look at Jimmy Ward, who he has familiarity with. You look at Sheldon Rankins, a guy that you really love up front for Houston, even bringing in Hassan Ridgeway from San Fran. Those are some of the things that he wants to implement, the familiarity and big, nasty guys. However, Houston did not address the defensive end uh, position. And when you look at what Will Anderson can do, I go back to his time at Alabama, his first, first year playing football for Alabama, seven sacks, following year, 17 and a half, 10 sacks this past season, uh, 58 and a half, tackles lost in his career for the Crimson Tide, a total of 204 tackles in three seasons. He is a special defensive player. I really believe that after going back and watching more tape on him. And I know that he is a linebacker, but he talked about the possibility of putting 
his hand in the dirt. He said he would feel comfortable about it, even when as far as saying that D'Amico Ryans is a great guy. Houston Texans and Will Anderson has spoke to one another. So, Cody, my question to you is, <laughs> and a lot of people out there listening and watching, does it make sense to bring in Will Anderson with the number two overall pick? And before you answer, I would like to say this. As of right now, the Houston Texans, they have Jerry Hughes on their roster. They have John Grenard on their roster. They have Derek Rivers on their roster. Listen, the guys that I'm naming with an asterisk next to John Grenard, none of those guys are part of the future. Mm-hmm. Hughes has one year left this deal. Derek Rivers signed a one year uh, you know deal to come back to Houston. And I look at Derek Rivers as a guy that be that can be a casualty, honestly. Chase Winovich is an outside linebacker, and for Chase to be successful. A lot of things around him needs to be working. So I'm not going to put an asterisk next to him, but I can see him not being a part of this 53-man roster. But what I'm getting at is Houston doesn't have a you are our number one defensive end, go get the quarterback kind of guy on the roster right now. It's okay to say that. Even with Jerry Hughes leading the team in sacks last year, he got a year older. He's already an age vet. And so the possibility of Will Anderson to Houston – I think it's a real thought, and I think that if Houston does go that route, you are getting a player that fits into what your new head coach wants for his identity and defense. And those are some of the things you have to deal with when you get a new head coach, guys. The ups and downs of why not go right when you can go left, this is what he wants to do. And a Will Anderson type of guy fits into his defensive game plan. No, the Houston Texans should not draft Will Anderson with the number two overall pick. I'm sorry, John, and I do believe that Will Anderson will end up being one of the best defensive linemen um, in for the for this upcoming generation. I truly do believe that. However, when you're talking about having the Houston Texans, they don't have um, somebody there. They don't have a number one prospect, a number one player to go out there and get after a quarterback. The Houston Texans don't have a quarterback for themselves and. John, you know me by now. Ever since the hiring of D'Amico Ryans, I have been talking about the Houston Texans learning from past mistakes. And if they go Will Anderson at number two and pass up on an opportunity to draft either CJ or Bryce, I'm looking at this from a standpoint of this is going to be another mistake for the Houston Texans going defense, going defense, drafting one of, if not the best, defensive prospect over a quarterback that you desperately need. 2006, you already know, they selected... Mario Williams over Vince Young. In 2014, even though I don't think he was the number one overall pick, however, they passed up on the opportunity to draft Derek Carr and ended up with the likes of Jadavion Clowney, who, by the way, both of those guys that I just named were foundational pieces for the Houston Texans. We know what Jadavion Clowney did while he was here, playing alongside J.J. Watt. We know what Mario Williams, Williams did. However, the Houston Texans in both of those draft classes needed a quarterback and opted to go with the latter. And that's part of the reason why we're looking at a franchise where we continue to say, when you look back at those past good teams that they had, i.e. with Clowney, i.e. with Williams, if they had a quarterback, they would have been able to do X, Y, and Z. They need to learn from their past mistakes. You got one, you got not one, but two franchise changing quarterbacks that will be sitting there at number two. You just pick one of those guys. And not only that, you also got to keep in mind with the free agency 
acquisitions that they made, that defensive line unit is going to be better for this upcoming season. Do not take that risk. I get it. Will Anderson is very tempting. However, John, you have to get your own quarterback before you start talking about going after other people's quarterback. I can't wait to talk about this later in the week. I think this is important to talk about the type of defense that we should expect to see this year and how the swarm defense, how those you know pieces are getting put together right now. But because of the linebacker play, you were able to see a Bosa go out there and wreak havoc on you know all NFL quarterbacks last year, and him being able to get after the quarterback simply because we know how talented Bosa is rushing the quarterback. But he was able to get that time because of the linebacker play. And when I look at this roster, I don't see a guy on this on this roster right now that I can say, well, he or mirror close to what Bosa was able to do. However, I do see that in the draft with Will Anderson given the right situation. And if D'Amico Ryan sees that, he may think to himself, we can still have a plan in place to get a quarterback that can be our future quarterback, take the time, but still get the guy that we trust can go and get after the quarterbacks as well. I am looking at a Hendon Hooker, and I am looking at a Richardson at 12. Not Hooker at 12, but maybe at 33, and then you look at Anthony Richardson at 12. And I am saying to myself, if he decides that Will Anderson is the guy that can get those quarterbacks and put this defense in favorable situations, then I may need to go get my guy if he wholeheartedly believes it. And he does, if he does go that route, a lot of people is going to be upset, pissed off about it. But, again, when you bring in a coach like that who's going to have his own game plan, you have to trust it. You have to trust it. And it may be a mistake. But what's your alternative? David Cully, Lovey Smith. I think everybody would rather go with D'Amico Ryans as their next head coach. So he, that's why he's in Houston. Um, we look at the last two defensive ends coming out that was drafted number one overall. You mentioned Davion Clowney, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett has been working out for the Cleveland Browns ever since he stepped on the NFL field. I still believe that quarterback at two should be the right way to go. However, I'm only acknowledging that if D'Amico Ryan says he is the guy that I believe is going to change the entire landscape of my defense to help us win games. I'm going to go get him, and I'm going to go get him. Listen, man, over the weekend, March Madness really was a lot of madness. I didn't think Florida Atlantic was going to beat Kansas State like that, but it – excuse me, but it happened. And if you're not using FanDuel right now, you are definitely missing out. FanDuel is America's number one sports book, and right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net all on a safe, secure, and super easy to use app. Don't miss your chance on your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Sunday installment of Locked On Texans. And moving on in the show, John, I want to take a t- I want us to take a look at 
what are some of our favorite free agency signing for the Houston Texans as of right now? I think we can all agree, and we're going to get into this in the last segment, that this might be Nick Casario's best free agency class, the group of talent that he has been able to... Why are we saying might? Why, 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 why are we, that's not <laughs> okay, the word I only, say, this, only say might only is. because you can this say is. this is. However, I would like to say... It's still too early to debate this because we still got to see what they're going to do on the field. In terms of name and everything, yes, this is his best free agency class. However, we still don't know how these guys are going to going to play out. And, you, and like you say, he has commitment issues. A lot of these guys only sign one-year deals. So that means they could be walking out the door for 6'10 and Kirby by the end of training camp, which means they don't make the 53-man roster. I highly doubt it. But at the end of the day, Nick Casario – and D'Amico Ryans has done a very good job putting in a very good free agency class as of right now. And I want us to just to take a look at what are our favorite free agency signing as of right now, John, for me. And I know this is going to throw a lot of people off. But to me, my favorite free agent signing outside of Case Keenum is Robert Woods. And I say that because when you take a look at the departure of Brandon Cooks, everything that I loved about Brandon Cooks here in the city of Houston on and off the field is what they're going to get in a, in his replacement with Robert Woods. And it's kind of funny and ironic because both of those guys played together in Los Angeles. And I know Robert Woods is not going to be the guy who recorded back-to-back 1,000 yards um, seasons during his heyday with the Los Angeles Rams. However, when you take a look at a guy who can take the helm as your number one, number two, or possibly number three wide receiver – and who can be a veteran and a voice in that locker room for not just the wide receiving core, but just for the Houston Texans alone, I think they are getting that in Robert Woods. This is a guy, it didn't matter if he was playing with the likes of Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis, he still went out there and put together a pretty solid season with the Tennessee Titans last year, catching 53 balls for 527 yards in two touchdowns john i really like this signing of robert woods and i think he's going to be very beneficial very dependable very trustworthy for this organization in 2023 take a look at some of the texans offseason signings so far uh starting with robert woods of course who you know was a guy that i thought well, i signed him so early in a week free age class oh i, I was told by a source i was told by a source he didn't want to wait he, he was ready to get the deal done now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't blame him getting out of Tennessee before their breaks down. Uh, the Texans signed Andrew Beck, Mike Boom, Chase Winovich, Sean Ridgeway, Michael Dater, Derek Rivers, Case Keenum, Tavier Thomas, getting him back, Jimmy Ward, Noah Brown. I'll continue with Robert Woods, as we mentioned, Sheldon Rankins, Corey Littleton, Denzel Perriman, Devin Singletary, Dalton Schultz. Uh, and I, and I got to be honest with you guys. I got two favorite, honestly. My number one is absolutely guy who I think will help Houston get abused in the middle of the field through the, with the run, getting that under control, Sheldon Rankins. I, I love the signing of Sheldon Rankins. He's the guy that I thought, man, Houston, why get him on a one-year deal? But now I'm understand it and I see that the future is still now. Get him in the building, right? You have more money next offseason, potentially bring him back as long as you see what his value is, which is something that's been important for Nick Casario. And I mentioned before, the Jets allowed 
3.8 yards per rush when Sheldon Rankins was on the field, 4.13 without him on the field. Houston has been historically bad the past two seasons with stopping the run. And if you look at a lot of the runs that they've been having issues with, it's been right up the middle of the field. And so mm-hmm. Sheldon Rankins, I believe, is an immediate plug-and-play player that not only can he come in day one and start, I think he can come in day one and make a huge difference on this defensive front. Now, who I really liked, honestly, I don't think Houston has had a guy this good in this position since Owen Daniels, and I really love the oh, signing of Dalton <laughs> Schultz. And I'm serious. Listen, last year, 577 yards. The year before that, 808 yards. You know, over <clears throat> excuse me, over 10 touchdowns in the past two seasons with the Dallas Cowboys. I think he is a perfect security blanket for whichever quarterback is going to be throwing him the ball. He's also a very decent blocker for a tight end. He's a guy that I believe can be a difference maker on an offense with talent around him. I think that you look at the possibility of Houston bringing him back, maybe signing him to an extension in the middle of the year, like Nick Casario like do, or maybe next year when they, you know, <laughs> we figures out everything with money, of course, it's on the books. He's a guy that you sign now and you hope to keep around now so that when everything else falls in place, you really see him blossom in an offense that you can take off. That's why I like Dalton Schultz. And I think with the offense that Houston has right now, with the skill position that they have right now as players, I still think that he would be a difference for who's ever thrown the football. So I love the signing of Dalton Schultz. I really love Sheldon Rankins. And I'm going to take it a step further by saying, I love Jimmy Ward. I think a lot of people love Jimmy Ward. Uh, again, Houston has drafted Justin Reed and then last year, Jalen Petrie. They only gave, in terms of an organization, not under who's ever era, they've only given mm. their young safeties a great running mate once or twice. No, it Gibson, was once. Just once. Gibson and, Gibson and Honey Badger, <laughs> right? And so I think this is a perfect reason to bring him in, he has familiarity with D'Amico Ryan's swarm defense, but you're putting a good player next to the good player. And so that's great. Um, Houston did a lot of good things this offseason. And when you look at Andrew Beck, I've talked down on that multiple times on the show, on and off <laughs> on Twitter. He is a part of a Nathaniel Hackett def- I mean, offense, and Nathaniel Hackett has some similarities with what they wanted to do, what they were able to do, in San Fran. So in terms of scheme, I understand it and it makes sense. Uh, I still don't want to, I still thought that should have been a different direction to the broad man, but between Sheldon Rankins, Dalton Schultz, Jim Ward, love Devin Singletary. Uh, I think that Houston has done a very good job this season with bringing in players. And since you went too, I do want to add really quick, my second favorite free agency signing is Singletary. This is a guy who rushed for 819 yards, five touchdowns with the Buffalo Bills last year. And I love it because at the end of the day, we all wanted to see the Houston Texans go out and get a number two running back that you can play behind Damian Pierce, um, someone who's going to be able to um, keep him healthy. And not only that, somebody, if, you know, if, you know, unfortunately, 
Pierce get hurt or you know he need a breather or whatever, your 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 rushing attack would not take a huge decline because you have nobody else who could run the football like a Damian Pierce. So I like Singletary. Plus, by the way, it also means once again the end of Rex Burkhead. And by the way, Singletary is also from Florida Atlantic. So uh I wonder if he's already in Houston, like actually in Houston at this very moment. Thanks for making the Locked On Texas your first listen every day. Make your second listen, the Locked On NFL scouting with the draft dudes from free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more. NFL draft experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino take you on what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL with I'm sorry, find Locked On NFL scouting with draft dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day before we get out of here for today's Sunday show. I know it's Sunday. A lot of y'all want to have mimosas and <laughs> go brunching and things of that nature. But before we get to it, grading Nick Casario this offseason. Uh, I'm going to keep mine short and sweet. I think Nick Casario gets an A-, minus. honestly. Hmm. I think he did an amazing job. With delegating money, uh, when when they looked at who he signed, made sense after you realize what his vision is, signing guys to these one-year deals, not tying himself into a lot of these bad contracts that we've seen a lot of NFL franchise have issues with and getting quality players better than what he's done the past two seasons. Now that he has the money to spend in the offseason, and now that he has a coach that players would like to play for. So getting guys that fit a vision and scheme immediately makes sense and did it in a cheaper way uh, outside of, I believe, still overpaying for Robert Woods. A lot of the money made sense, and he is allowing players to come in, prove their money value in terms of production, which is why those one-year deals are great. But that is still <clears> – excuse me, still immediately, immediately affects what Houston can be in terms of uh, record-wise, wins and losses in production this year. So uh, I've been critical of Casario, uh, but I think that this was a good offseason for him. I am very curious and excited to see how they attack the draft. Yeah, um, this, as of right now, has been the best offseason for Nick Casario. First and foremost, it finally seemed like he got the head coach that he's willing to work with um, for hopefully an extremely long time. And you can actually see, John, with everything that you said, a lot of these free agency signings, uh, they make sense in terms of the vision that the Miko Ryans have for the team. And I say that because when you go back and you take a look at the last two head coaches, David Cully and Lovey Smith, even when you took, take, took a look at the players that they acquired in free agency, there were still some questions on how these guys are going to fit into that system. Of course, this mainly <laughs> is for Lovey Smith. Um, however, if I had to grade Nick Casario as of right now, I would just give him an A, not an A minus, a solid A, only because I do believe that it doesn't matter what take place, of course, with the draft coming up. But as of right now, his biggest free agency move was just making sure that you lock down Laramie Tunsil. Because like I keep mentioning, you want to put your quarterback in the best situation as possible. And, as, and there are times where it doesn't matter who's lining up on the line of scrimmage next to him. 
with the wide receiving core. Sometimes it doesn't matter who's lining up on the line of scrimmage behind him in the backfield. A lot of times it matters who are the five guys that you have protecting your quarterback and and then that's going to determine whether or not they're going to find success in this league and for him to lock down Laramie Tunsil and not just lock down Laramie Tunsil I I just keep revisiting this it's the fact that this time last year we really thought Laramie Tunsil was done with this organization and for him to meet with Tunsil a year ago fix the relationship have Laramie Tunsil go out there and put together, in my opinion, an all-pro caliber season, and you locked him down for three years, giving him a match contract extension, and this is somebody who is talented, who's a veteran, and who wants to be here, that says a lot to not just this organization, but it says a lot about Nick Casario. Hopefully, finally, this can be his real true opportunity to showcase what he can do as a general manager, to showcase that he does have the potential, the attributes to build a successful franchise like the one he always talking about that he came from for over 20 years and the one that he has some kind of admiration for in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, I truly believe that Nick Casario is finally in an opportunity where he can build a very good and very successful, very competitive team. Um, well, this is early grading. I know we're going to revisit this come the draft, but you know, as of right now, when you take a look at the last two draft class, I'm expecting this to be another draft class where we look back and say this class has the potential to be one of the best in franchise history. But as of right now, I'm giving Nick Casario an A. However, like I said in the last segment, the ultimate determination is going to be how are these guys are going to fare once we start seeing these guys in training camp in preseason and, of course, the first couple of weeks of the 2023 campaign. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Texan Podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texas and make sure you give me a follow on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.